Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, and real conversations about change, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources at HealingWays. That's HealingWaze.com. Wow, what a doozy the last couple weeks have been. If you know anything about astrology, um, Mercury was in retrograde, and I'm not going to go into it too much because I'm not... I'm actually not an expert at all, (laughs) but I have many friends who are. So uh, it definitely showed up in my life personally and professionally. Uh, It affected the podcast. If you followed me on Instagram or even Facebook at all, um, you'll, you'll know that I didn't release a podcast last week because there was issues playing the first two episodes of the new season. And it was issues with my podcast host And that was just one of many technology breakdowns that happened over the course of the last two weeks. It has just been crazy, 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 and was starting to make me a little crazy. Uh, So I just had to take a break and just say, I'm not releasing a podcast this week because I can't figure it out and I'm spinning my wheels. Um, And for me, as as someone who constantly is trying to work on um, perfectionism, I am fully, fully fully aware that perfectionism was part of uh, my anxiety, my CPTSD, um, momming. I know we're not all perfectionists, but we tend to lean more towards that way. Um, and a trauma survivor, that's, that's something that shows up for a lot of us. So I'm super proud of myself. I gave myself lots of pats on the back and loved myself extra hard because I just let it go and worked on the things that I could control and it made me feel so good and it showed me that I what I have done on my healing journey and so that actually is the topic of this podcast episode uh, my conversation with Ash Marshall Odell author of Lightbound a healer's journey through trauma, CPTSD, and anxiety. Uh, So I could relate a lot, and I think some of you listening can, but even if you haven't experienced those issues, you've experienced other issues. We've all had some form of trauma, whether big or small, different things throughout our lives that affect us in different ways. We're all different, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, So regardless of what your story has been, and maybe still is, I think you'll get a lot out of this conversation. It will help you move forward as we all navigate the new world that we are now currently living in. Things change every day, it seems. Um, Ash describes herself as a grits, G-R-I-T-S, girl raised in the South. And every time she says it, I smile, she giggles. I just love her. 
Ash's story does touch on our experience a little. We definitely don't go into detail. And if we were, I would I would let you know in advance if for future episodes. Um, but we don't go into detail about her mental, her physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. But those things did happen to her at a very young age. And due to those traumas that she experienced, she herself did develop those those disorders, I guess, in quotes. I don't... It, it is. It definitely is a disorder in our health. Um, the CPTSD, which is complex PTSD. I write about it a lot um, more in little posts on Instagram, and I plan to do more so on my website in the future. Um, but due to those things that Ash experienced, um, she developed the, like, again, developed the CPTSD and the anxiety, the generalized anxiety disorder. And over the years since her diagnosis, she spent a lot of time on her own healing. And now she uses her wisdom to help others. And as someone who became a healer, in quotes, I prefer to say helper um, professionally because of the profound healing experiences that I got from the help of others. And the journey that started for me at an early age, the journey of healing, I can totally relate to her story. And a super big treat is that she does a reading from one of her most recent blog posts in this podcast episode. And I loved it. And I think you will too. Okay, we have the case of the giggles. I'm here with Ash. Ash, how is it going? How has the last year been for you? It has been a long time, literally and figuratively. Right. Yeah. yeah how have you been hanging in there? I'm actually really quite well, all things considered. Um, Good. You know, right? Just uh, learning different things. I went back to school, um, which was really great to dive in another direction that's very much intertwined with what I already do. So mm-hmm. that was very wonderful to make deeper connections as well as expand my knowledge base. So I really appreciated that opportunity. What did you go back to school for? Coaching, actually. So like life coaching or business coaching? Not business. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that would be a mistake. <laughs> More life coaching. And um, I think it'll just sort of intertwined with what I currently do in ways, um, although my main focus will still principally be teaching. So, Okay. And what are you teaching? Um, well, right now I'm working on, I have like 20 classes that I'm trying so hard to get into a video and podcast. So, uh, so part of it is um, anatomy and physiology, um, just so people can kind of understand themselves because oh, okay. empowering. So, you know, the stress response, the chemicals, hydration, all of these different things that contribute to our body feeling really great or feeling really awful. Mm-hmm. And um, epigenetics and signal transduction and quantum physics and Reiki and chakras and energy and nurturing your wellness and um, understanding yourself better. So kind of journaling about how we hold ourselves back and get stuck in areas because there are certain parts of ourselves that everyone has in common Mm -hmm. where we kind of 
don't necessarily really spend a lot of time delving into to look at. And that's where we make a ton of growth, not only mentally, emotionally, physically, but behaviorally in our lives for much better um, relationships, not only with ourselves, but everybody else. And so it feels really, really good. Beautiful. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> we all, we all need more of that for sure right now. Um, and during this pandemic, something that, you know, is less um, self-helpy is you learn how to cut your own hair. <laughs> Come on. I was hoping you'd lead with that. <laughs> I actually just have this great kid who's like, there's a video, you know, and she showed it to me and um, they showed chopsticks and you rubber band and end together. And then you put your hair and you pull it down to that spot you want to cut it. And so that's what I did. And I was able to do the two sides, you know, in the front. And I got to the back and I'm like, I can't do this. You know, because like you're trying to, like she did it in a mirror. And I'm like, my mind does not want to connect with the way like, right. I, can, I can do it. And so um, I ended up putting a strip of masking tape around my neck to show my daughter the length, you know, like cut at this line. And so my daughter cut the back for me. It was hilarious. <laughs> We had a lot of that in our house. She shaved her dad's head in the entry. She shaved her own head in the bathroom. Oh, my God. I can't even blow dry the left side of my head right. I don't even know how you did that. I don't know either. It was awkward. There were the, the layers I was trying to put in were uh, definitely off. And I'm looking at the going, yeah, professional Official help is good. That's thank God for beauticians and, and stylists. <laughs> oh, that's oh. awesome. So was your daughter um, home for for 2020 or is she in school? I can't remember how old she is. My daughter is 20. She just turned 20. Oh, okay. Which okay. is sort of mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, she was at OSU in the zoology program. Mm. And she had intended to go into the um, vet tech program after four years and then decided I am wasting all of this time in a program that doesn't even provide me a career path after. So literally it was hilarious how it worked out. She decided in March she was coming home and we moved her home the weekend before they shut everything down. And she got accepted to the PCC program at the same time and just happened to get into that and so it really worked out great for her uh-huh. yeah yeah so she's now living at home while she's going to pcc cool yeah cool. my husband's in my office and so my daughter's in the dining room and i i do everything in the bedroom now in the corner so <laughs> you know like everybody we're, we're just we're mixing it up and finding different ways of being uh-huh. Yeah. 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 When I was trying to figure out when I was going to do my pod, how I was going to do my podcast again, I'm like, should I do it in the dining room and have Daphne quietly work in another room or should I set up a closet? <laughs> I chose the dining room, but I was really close to choosing the closet. <laughs> oh my God. It has been, it has been a year, almost a year. Oh, Wow you know, 11 months or whatever. It's just, it's been crazy. So um, before we go deeper, because I want to talk to you about more of your healing journey. Um, but what, one of the things I've always loved about you when I met you is you introduce yourself 
as a grits. <laughs> and I will never forget that. I had never heard that before and I will never forget it. And if I ever hear it from anybody else, you are the person that will pop instantly into my mind. Tell me again, just in case I don't get it right. What does that mean? <laughs> it's both a breakfast food and yes. an acronym for girls raised in the South. <laughs> and there is a lot to unpack with that. And we'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what There's part of the South? Remind I me. Claim the Carolinas equally. I was born in North Carolina and my parents moved just over the state line in South Carolina, but I went to school in North Carolina for a huge portion of my education. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. unpack. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're not going to unpack all that right now. <laughs> we're now here over on the West coast and obviously your life has changed dramatically from what it was then and, and all the in-between times. Um, you have got a, a really interesting and inspiring story, I think, of how you've really changed. You were a teacher, um, like in school teacher. You're still a teacher, but you were you were a school teacher, and um, and you kind of have always leaned, or maybe I don't know if always is the right word, but you've leaned more to like the quote unquote woo side. I don't know. Is that always been, or is that kind of a okay? I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of a newer part of your, of your story then. And that's part, and that ties into all the healing that you've gone through and learning. Um, so I want to talk more about that. I want to hear, I want to hear details from you, but um, it, I, from my understanding is it, it kind of all came to a head at some point because growing up, um, unfortunately, you've experienced mental, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse at a young age. And during and from STEM, in which I can relate to, um, all those traumas come together and you actually, like me, develop CPTSD, which is complex PTSD and general anxiety disorder. So... I feel you, <laughs> and I'm sure people listening to this feel you too. And so the whole point of this podcast is I want you to, to you know, talk as much about any of those things as you want to, but mostly I want to just hear more about what, what finally was like the breaking point? What made you go, okay, I need to change. I need to heal. I need to use this to live a better, happier life. And go. You have one minute. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think my mouth can move that fast, Amber, to talk in that rapid of a pace. No, no, because that's the, the grits. You, you, you're not, you guys, you know, you, you talk a little slower, and it's totally good. <laughs> and it's true. We do talk a bit slower than, uh, like, I had a professor from New York, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And he would talk about, like, you know, my kids in New York would fill up two blue bucks and you guys have only done half. And I'm like, welcome to the South. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love the South. All right. So tell us, tell us, girlfriend. <laughs> give, um, us the, give us the uh, short version. Absolutely. So really, um, my childhood was pretty horrid. Let's just be blunt about it. I'll, I yeah. own that. It was... Um, 
very difficult. And we were the family of secret keepers. Mm. And mm-hmm. I was so shut down, like my throat would literally squeeze itself closed, just trying to talk about it. And I carried so much tension in my body. Like it was like my energy, I was like vibrating like this constantly because I was so tense because I held tension turned inward towards myself and tension outward towards everyone else. So keeping myself repressed and then keeping everybody out, keep away. Um, at the same time, also wanting to connect with people because when you don't receive um, love, you know, um, you know, we need it as human beings. We require it for our well-being. And really my journey kind of started when I had a child. I never actually thought I would be a mom with my own kids. I plan on actually adopting and not getting married, frankly. And um, I didn't want to pass the genetics. Mm -hmm. That's funny. And I didn't even, you know, fully understand. I just didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to get married. And I ended up uh, getting pregnant and getting married. And I was absolutely determined absolutely 100% this is not happening with my baby Mm -hmm. so I didn't really know what healthy parenting looks like so (laughs) I have research mode hardcore when I don't know something or I I feel like I need to Uh, so I went I remember uh, what to expect when you're expecting what to expect it was like the toddler years yeah oh yeah (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, I read like love and I probably checked out love and logic. Oh no, I I, love and logic. I, that was like my Bible, like seriously, that was my Bible (laughs) and uh, it didn't work because my daughter, you know, I would be like, okay, you know, you give her her allowance and, um, and then you take that away when they do things, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you take away their Kindle or whatever. And so, she she was hilarious she would come out and she would give me her whole jar of her quarters and her kindle and um then she'd go pick up a book in her room and read or go draw or just whatever i was like i don't know what to do what to do at this point because she does not care and i'm not smart enough to figure this out (laughs) it was hilarious yeah she was uh she was quite uh an interesting and uh, amazing child. Um, and she was absolutely the catalyst for my own journey. Um, mm-hmm. It was when I had her that really all my trauma started coming up. Mm-hmm. Yes, as huge, it was. Yeah. yeah, huge. Um, I was terrified to leave her with anybody, even people that I, I, I loved and trusted. Like when she was little, I want every play date with her. I wouldn't let her go until I absolutely knew that family 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I knew because I had done reading because again, I wanted to make sure I had a healthy kid that it can't be that um, overprotective. You stifle your child when you're shift overprotective, excuse me. And so I really wanted to be really healthy so that my daughter were really healthy, you know? And I, inadvertently found a counselor because I had tried lots of um, Western counselors to greater and lesser degrees of success. The EMDR sessions that really kind of opened up in a way to help me process some things that I really truly um, had very difficult time facing certain memories that were so incredibly 
triggering that I would just shut down. It was rough. Uh, but I couldn't get past that. That was pretty much like the end of where Western psychology was able to take me, mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. Because as you know, we store our emotions in our body. And if you've mm-hmm. spent 40 years stuffing your body full of all these negative emotions, and you have those neurofeedback loops, mm-hmm. uh, it's incredibly impossible to talk your way out of it for me yeah. in my experience. So I found a counselor who did um, what is called energy psychology and she is incredibly skilled and also aware so she was really truly helping me to dive incredibly deeply and to heal on every level so mentally physically emotionally and energetically so changing um humongous parts of me and it was during that because I was in a trauma group and we were reading and she had us read the uh, Hudson Riso Riso Hudson Enneagram book that was one of the very first one that we did Mm -hmm. that one's really hard for me to understand that was very complex and you know when you have uh, CPTSD so some of those neural connections are a little challenged for you at times. Mm -hmm. Yep. Especially, you know, when you're emotionally triggered, you know, your brain is just like, I cannot make sense of anything. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so it started there. And then um, we read uh, the Michael Singer book. And I'm so sorry, my brain is blanking on the title, The Untethered Soul. That's it. And then she wanted us to read some others and one of those was a book by Cindy Dale uh, in handbook intuition guidebook handbook sorry it's been too long in my brain I, I can't just, believe like, you can remember any right of that now. you're tired well, you you're, you're tired and you remember you're pulling all this out of nowhere give yourself more credit you've got a great memory all right then <laughs> oh thank you uh, so the intuition guidebook, and I absolutely wanted nothing to do with it because it was talking about where you were capable on an intuitive level. And I was like, nope, I'm not, mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't want anything to do with you. Nope. I wouldn't read it. I didn't want to pick it up. I didn't want to buy it. I wanted nothing to do with it. How long ago was this? Seven, seven years. Okay. Seven, seven years. years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You have come a long way. Okay. Huge. Um, When I first started out, I I was, I couldn't talk. Um, I would, I was just, I was so shut down. I can't, I can't explain it. Like just repressed, oppressed, depressed is how I uh, kind of really kind of cataloged it um, descriptively. So it truly was um, getting in touch with myself because I had experiences as a child that I'd really discounted. Mm -hmm. Um, or thought, you know, like as you get older, you're like, whatever, imagination, whatever. Um, and then some things, they stick with you, but you kind of, I guess push them to the back of your mind is how to really say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, it wasn't so much the spiritual aspect because, you know, that was huge in and of itself, but really, truly the huge impact that it had on my life was connecting me to myself so that I could actually process through 
mm-hmm. deal with it, forgive it, and let it go. Mm-hmm. Because I'm an Enneagram type one, which is, you know, both a blessing and a curse. Of course, I'm pretty sure every single personality type can say that, but that perfectionism that the uh, type one has be perfect in everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the shadow of that is judgment. And where I judged was myself. I judged myself hardcore, bad, 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 bad. And I was always filled with so much shame, um, self-disgust, revulsion. And because of what had happened to me as I went through this journey, my rage, because I always turned my rage inward, my rage was just always present. I literally would feel like the Incredible Hulk, you know, like I would like transform, except, you know, I have boobs and really long hair, you know, so (laughs) a girl Hulk. I can't imagine you like that. Yeah. I don't so, express anger outwardly. I snap. I'm not a I'm not a, a screamer. Yeah. So when I'm angry, my voice is tight, and I'll, I do that little snap, you know, and then I'm fine. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> but then during this time, I really wasn't, and my yeah. rage was at men. Um, but I didn't want to be that person because mm-hmm. I was raised in a very Christian mm-hmm. background, and of course, you're raised to you forgive and forget. Well. Mm-mm. Your body can't forget this, you know, yeah. store it. It's stored. So I had a lot of inner work to do. And I was so terrified of men and so angry at them. I was angry at Patriot. I was angry at everybody. Let's just be blunt. I was angry at everybody at this mm-hmm. point. And uh, really what was underneath all of that rage and anger, and it was really truly rage, was kind of what felt like universes filled with grief. I was wow. just... There was so much grief. Um, the universe is filled with grief. Yeah. I bet there's people listening that can completely relate to that. In fact, when you said that, I was like, wow. Yeah. I felt that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're going through this and you, and you were in this group and they tried to get you to read a book on intuition <laughs> and you were like, no way. Just it took me a while. Take stuff away. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with it. And I just, I was, I, I mean, I didn't grow up with that. You know, I grew up in a Western medicine. Like I had been the, like the craziest, I guess, out of the box things I had done at that, up to that point had been chiropractic and acupuncture. I hated acupuncture. It actually made my pain worse. Oh. Yeah, I know. That kind of was like surprising. Um, yeah. I think perhaps though the, person that I saw was not maybe skillful or there was just something within me because I did try it again as an adult. Same problem. It mm-hmm. seemed it's to for everybody. It. Yeah. Right. And just like any healing modality, you know, yeah. isn't isn't for everybody, but there is something for all of us. And that's what you eventually found. You eventually found the right things for you. So you tried chiropractic, you tried acupuncture. Did when did you decide to delve into things like intuition and more spirituality into that deeper healing. So you said no way when you were in that group. And then what happened after that? I was still in that group. Finally read the book and I scored the top of the chart on all of it. It was insane, except for something to do with weather. And I'm sorry, I don't recall what that was exactly. I'm like, (laughs) okay, yeah, right. I 
I don't feel storms coming, you know, unless there's like rain falling on my head, you know, like, oh yeah, there's a storm. <laughs> like, you know, I don't get that at all. Yeah. Um, and I had even, I remember even giving myself a lower score. And so like, because <laughs> I just didn't want it. You know, I did not want it. I didn't want anything to do with it. It just freaked me out so bad. And, you know, before I had that spiritual awakening, I think I may have even said this we talked another time, like I would have been like, okay, nice, nice, crazy lady, go, go get your meds or get off the meds you're on, or I'm so sorry you're in psychotic break or something, you know, like I would not have, I would have been like slowly backing away from you at that point, right? Oh my God. Yeah. And now I am that crazy lady. You are that crazy lady. <laughs> I am that crazy lady. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, we did. And, and my, my, my true, like, I guess, defining moment when it really propelled me into energy medicine, we we were at a retreat, um, the ladies in my group, and we went to, like, uh, I think it's called the Crystal Wizard out at the beach. Salish? Salish? Yes. Right yes, oh, I know love it. that store. Yes. That was, I, I didn't know anything about crystals, right? Aside from, like, my kid's fourth grade project where you put the little string in the um, water uh-huh. and the crystals go. Yes. So that was your introduction, the crystal, what is that called? Crystal magician? Crystal wizard. wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your introduction. <laughs> well, it was sort of my first experiential with something where I really felt a huge change in me. Oh, so that is cool. I, no, it was bizarre. It was like, um, if you ever watch those horror, I don't do horror movies, but you see the intros like where you're, you're kind of like moving around, but you're like not feeling, it was almost like I was observing myself do this, but I was absolutely like, my body was like zooming, you know, like you're going to go to this crystal and my hand would go to that crystal or, and then I would sway backwards. You need this crystal. And I didn't have any, there was no like thought up here. It was like, my body just was doing it. Yeah really weird Uh I had no idea but I was also like again observing so it was kind of like no freak out I was really I remember being just very calm which was bizarre because I don't do calm (laughs) at that point (laughs) I was like a you know shaky person and freaked out all the time um but I had like um all these crystals and we went back that night and I just had this deep knowing you need to put these crystals here here and here I didn't know anything about like chakras or um, what do you call that? Uh, prime meridian, you know, mm-hmm. the nervous yeah. system. I didn't know Chinese medicine. I didn't know anything about anything. You know, yeah. really, um, put these crystals on my body, and I kid you not, it was wild. It was like, it was like this whoosh, like wind, like just ran from the top of my head all the way down my feet, like just like a whoosh. It was wild, weird feeling. I will tell you the truth. And uh, then I was like okay so i would like to understand what happened and so that's when i started doing research and interestingly enough not too long after it might i remember like someone had mentioned reiki but i was like okay whatever i didn't wasn't interested didn't know anything about it and all of a sudden i was like you need a reiki um a tuning you need to get and so I was very drawn and there were all of these Reiki practitioners out here that teach fit. And I didn't want any of those. I was like, you're going to this person down in Eugene. And I just kind of knew like you pull it up and it's like lights up right there. And, um, that was the next part. And that was huge. That was really huge. So that was more whooshes, if you will, uh-huh. and as well as third eye opening. 
Yes. Um, nothing like seeing spirit guides for the first time. That was really incredibly wild. And I was like looking up at the stuff, you know, that night going, oh, holy crap. <laughs> and the whole time was one part of your brain still saying that you were the crazy lady? You know, at this point, I can't honestly tell you because I have had um, experiences with ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I felt okay with that, which is weird. I felt okay with ghosts. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't feel okay with the, the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of it has to do with figuring your own self out um, and going deep. And so you resonate at a really low level. So if you're filled with shame and hate and fear, um, rage, those low vibration kind of emotions, you know, everything inside of you is reflected outside, right? Mm-hmm. So you resonate with those vibrations where you are. Um, and it took a long time for me to heal up out of that. And so I had a lot of, I guess you might call them shamanic experiences when I would mm-hmm. meditate. Um, so my first meditations um, would be in this cleared area with a campfire and there was uh, tall grasses all around me and a, and a tree. And I would have um, spirit guides join me. And then it morphed into a volcano and there was just an opening at the top and there was always a pool of water there and it was closed in otherwise. So those were my meditations. And eventually it morphed and it opened up and there was a tree in my meditation. And that was a huge one. Um, And so just very different experiences, including meeting myself, the shadow part of me, which was bizarre. I would have the most vivid dreams imaginable which would wig me out. But then, you know, you look up dream meaning and what you think it means is totally not what it means. And so there yeah. are these great signposts. Like all of this is archetypal. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just languaging for experiences to help you understand and get in touch with yourself. So everything has symbols, you know, triangles and circles have meanings, trees, plants animals so you know if you look up any of it there's a spiritual meaning attached to it that actually helps you understand something that you're working with working on letting go of or something you're moving towards Mm -hmm. so that's really all that journey was truly about and the energy work i did was helping me to release all of these energies in my body the emotional parts Mm -hmm. which changes you on a cellular level as well so it's an amazing thing and it wasn't just energy work like i was um i went to see an herbalist and i got uh i got a great lesson in chinese medicine because i didn't know anything until she shared that with me which was really brilliant um i've seen my own reiki practitioner tons tons and tons of sessions because i needed it um and moving through parts of it was so challenging there were parts um i honestly a couple times didn't know if i was going to make it Mm. so yeah yeah Yeah. because i didn't want to be here which is crazy but you know like there there was a part where i came to the thinking that i i wasn't gonna keep going i wasn't gonna continue in this life if that makes sense. yeah yeah and i think that's part of part of the journey I think for most of us, as you do get to that point where you're, you're kind of in the beginning on a high, 
right? When you start to like heal and figure things out, it almost feels like you're on this high, this adrenaline rush, this like, yes, you know, almost like a new year's resolutions or anything, you know, any new goals you make, you've got your, that excitement in the beginning, but then it gets real, 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 right. As it sounds like it was for you. And, and you really then have to like face that really dark part. And that's when you're like, I, maybe I don't want to. No, just take me out. Take me out. I don't want to be here anymore. I'll take me out. I don't care. You know? It's not funny, but it's what we're laughing. It's so not it's true. Because it's true that you we do hit that stage. And um and so we're both laughing now because we can laugh about it because we have been there and we Conquered. decided to keep going. So what do you remember when you got to that point where you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to deal with this and I don't even want to deal with life. Do you know what pulled you out of that? Do you remember it all? So the one thing that I can say with my whole life and perhaps it's part of being that Enneagram type one, mm-hmm. idealism. We believe that the world can be perfect or beautiful or wonderful. And honestly, for me, I've always had this, this hope, always this hope. And there's this one, um, and it's always been there for me. When I was a kid, I don't know how exactly old I was, somewhere between 12 and 14. I just have this one point, I don't know what brought it on. I don't even remember. I just remember running into my bedroom, collapsing to my knees. And it literally felt like my throat was trying to squeeze an object inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like a boa constrictor digesting a rat, to put it in a very <laughs> indelicately gross way. Uh-huh. Sobbing. I mean, literally the grief on your knees type of sobbing and praying as hard as I could because I was at that uh, psychological age where you get into that serious religious, um, you know, that most kids go to in some degree or form or another Yes, and praying so intensely. And I mean, like I was so focused on that and just boom. And all of a sudden this, it was golden light. And they're like these little tiny, like, and I would almost call them fireflies, except not. They were just little tiny golden balls of even brighter light. And it like came around me like a, um, not a cloud exactly, but just like it filled the air around me. And all of a sudden, I just knew it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That kept me going. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so. Not the, not the fireflies, but, <laughs> but that feeling, but that feeling where you, it just washes over you. And you know you'll make. And you it. hold on to that, right? Like you, you go, oh, okay, okay, yeah, this, this sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always knew there was something wrong, you know, um, in my family. But it, you know, you don't know what to do. You know, you yeah. knew there was more than something, but we'll leave it at that. You know, they had their own. You know, you have generational abuse, and they endured their own horrific things. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah unless you heal that you know it just keeps going yeah and it sounds like you have and you are because it's always a process your healing journey never stops right you just dive deeper and you spiral up so at the same time you go deeper you climb higher which i know sounds Mm -hmm. odd but it's still absolutely true so yeah and um 
it's it's been a quite a journey this whole yeah. time and I've learned so much because I didn't know anything about the uh, spiritual aspects so this seven years was not only healing my own you know behavioral and mental emotional um, patterns and programs which mm-hmm. you know um, but also figuring out what all the weird stuff was which was sort of more inconsequential if you want to be blunt everyone's always like so oh you see this or you feel that or you know then I'm like mm, honestly really truly the huge part of the journey is that healing that you get inside where you finally realize that you love yourself. So one of the pivotal moments in my journey, because in the beginning, my counselor said, go home and look in the mirror and tell yourself you love you. That, you know, say, I love you to yourself in the mirror. And how hard was that? I couldn't do it. I yeah. choked up, cried. My, I felt ashamed. My, I actually looked down physically. I couldn't even look back up. And I just, I probably sobbed for quite a bit, actually, after that. So that pivotal moment was when I looked in the mirror and I said, I love you. Mm. And I felt it. Yeah. And I could look in my right eye. I could look in my left eye. So mm-hmm. both sides of the brain, both sides of the body and meant it. And I was okay with it. That was huge because when you have gone through so much mental, physical, emotional, as well as sexual and religious abuse, mm-hmm. um, you really can't see things in yourself. You can't love yourself because if the people who are supposed to be the ones that love you unconditionally can't and put you down mm-hmm. continually and hurt you over and over and horrific ways yeah then you honestly can't see it within yourself and so it's tremendous so yeah, yeah. being able what, to do that what have you what have you taken from all of this i mean obviously from a young age all the things that happen to us change us and um we grow and we change and we all grow through changes, but some of us like you and I, we will use those things. Once we can, you know, go through our own her healing journey, we use those things to change us, to grow us in positive ways. And you definitely have, um, how have you, how has this changed you in a positive way? Like what, what do you imagine you you would have been like if you hadn't have gone through this growth and how do you now use that wisdom to help others i know that's like a huge question that's a great question amber (laughs) it really truly is i would say it's a multi-part answer Mm -hmm. yes so the way that i have changed is obviously i grew healthy i i now I'm mentally, emotionally, and physically and behaviorally different in that I no longer sit with fear all the time. I'm not, I'm not feared. I feared everything. Yeah. I feel like just going to the grocery store, being around a strange man, my heart would like go through the roof and like it was like a, like being blinded almost, mm-hmm. like head blind, I guess is what you might call it. Um, and putting out a false front. I, people, people would look at me, you know, I was, I've always been called like the mother figure, like mm. the mother figure. Yeah. 
high stress situations, I would be calm. Everybody else would be freaking out because mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you deal with that kind of stuff all the time, you get calm. And yeah. I, uh, and then I would have a breakdown, freak out after when I would go back, you know, and process oh, yeah. it happened, right? I've been there. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so now at this point, um, I don't have uh, adrenal fatigue. Like mm-hmm. I don't, um, I don't have freakouts. I'm not filled with fear. I can discern, right? Mm-hmm. I can discern mm-hmm. if if something is you know good for me or not. If something's safe or not. Because there are things that aren't. You know, you can't go. You know, well, I don't fear anything anymore. Well, that's not healthy either. That's the total opposite. Right. You know, everything's a Kinsey scale, and what you're aiming for is that nice, healthy middle point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that um, I had to become unenmeshed with my daughter and husband. I had codependency, right? So that mm-hmm. was that has been a huge healing journey and wonderful. Um, reacting like that. Remember, I tell you, like a snap, probably a snapper. Yeah. So not snapping. Um, that's been huge and still a work in progress because mm-hmm. there are days when I'm absolutely exhausted because you don't get enough sleep and you're just like, I can't deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, Dang it. Okay. Breathe and be mindful. Just be aware of where you are and what you're doing and what's going on and just breathe so that you can be present in here. Being present more. Um, yeah. used to disappear. It was almost like living in... Um, Two realities. So I would see something, hear something, smell something, um, and I would get triggered. Mm-hmm. So I would be simultaneously reliving a past memory while being in the present. And so conversationally, uh, stuff I would say didn't always, you know, fit the best, or my reaction wasn't quite in keeping with what was going on. And the person who was present with me in this conversation mm-hmm. triggered. So yeah. that was huge to be able to do that, to be fully present. Yeah. And as far as what I have done with that, um, yeah. I have learned that um, being free is huge. Getting to know yourself is huge. Mm-hmm. Like truly and deeply. Not only the, the happy, good, sweet parts, but those really ugly, shadowy, nasty parts, you know, that's in that monkey nastiness is where the growth is. Mm-hmm. And everything outside of you is really a reflection of everything inside of you. So don't focus on the stuff on the outside because, you know, there's all kinds of things out here. Really, truly, every time you feel yourself turning outward to focus on things, whatever that is, like blame or shame or, you know, things you experience or see, go in. Mm-hmm. where that's where the answer is yes and uh then helping people um so a lot of people um just like you and me mm-hmm. have been so hurt and they can't figure it out because when you get into that spot yeah with that amount of difficulty you just can't see it. You know, you can't see your beliefs. It's like you can't see the forest for the trees. The same thing goes mm-hmm. for your beliefs. Yeah. And so when we can actually get into a calm state, emotionally, physically, mentally, it opens up our minds to think more clearly, to make better decisions, to discern what's right for us, and um, to become more aware of oneself is freedom. Mm, yeah. Also, begin healing and do yeah. the work. Yeah, you were saying, let's see if I can pull up my notes. Um, we're having issues here. Here we go. 
um, a couple things that you said. I'm going to call them these. I'm going to call these your quotes. Hope <laughs> is the belief that I could transform and that things would get better. Purpose motivates me, and meaning connects me. I thought that's really cool, and I just want to, I just want to stop you because I know how you've used your wisdom. Also, you didn't mention yet. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to, but. <laughs> A major career change. I mean, your career is all about helping people now. I mean, as a teacher, you were definitely helping as well. And, and you had, you had some other career changes, but this one that you're currently in, you help people, you help people heal. So you've used, you're, you're using your wisdom for that. You've written a book. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're using these tools to help others, which is just beautiful. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to do that. Um, you and I, I'll, I'll talk about your career a little bit in your intro, but um, for people that maybe want to skip over that part, just for, as a quick reminder, tell everybody what you do for four people to help them right now. <laughs> Besides just spew beautiful words of wisdom, because you definitely got that going for you. <laughs> Well, um, as far as what I do, I help people with energy work. So often people come to me when they can't figure something out, they get stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I use a lot of different modalities, um, both in the past and not so much in the present because, you know, we're, we're doing things virtually now. But um, anything, everything for me is vibrational. So everything, everything in the whole world is vibration, right? It's all... Um, just understanding that really is all energy is and everything to do with healing is vibration. So I just help people with essential oils or crystal healing. Um, I do light work, Reiki, um, chakra programming and alignment and balance um, and intuitive readings. Uh, Sometimes um, for a person to move forward, you know, maybe they need to heal something with a family member like so if someone's family member has died and they just really need to receive a message so every once in a while i'll allow that or i'll help do that with people um, mm-hmm. or there is something in their aura that they're trying to access you know um so i do guided meditations healing meditations to help them heal themselves um and i love to help people learn about things because when we start um understanding um, and opening to different things that can help us and making connections and finding what resonates with us. Because as you said, there are so many different ways to heal. Mm-hmm. And um, I've met a person who just was sublimely blissful with sound healing. Like you could just, it was just the most beautiful. Healing. Yes. Oh, it's so, so wonderful. Good. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so many different things. And so people will really, truly resonate um, with a particular mentality it might resonate with a particular person mm-hmm. and then yeah. people come to me just trying to figure things out and so um, they just might come to me and I'll be like you know what you need to go see this so they like I'll send them to a nutritionist or an acupuncturist mm-hmm. or they need to see a therapist or something so I want to make sure anybody that comes to see me I might not be the right practitioner I might just need to send them to a different energy practitioner mm-hmm. so it's yeah. literally just part of what I feel is important is helping people get where they need to go Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have been in this career had you not, you may not have been in this career 
had you not gone through all of the things that led you through your healing journey and all the things that you experienced during that journey. So it's beautiful. You know, I mean, right. We don't, I, I think you would agree, obviously. It's not good that any of that stuff happened to you. It's horrible. It's horrible, but it has made you who you are right now, which is an asset to the world, to people, to helping them heal. And and your book that you published right at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> I felt so sorry for you. I'm sorry. I, hope, I, just, I felt just so sorry for everyone I knew that was just launching right. something and I was like oh my gosh I mean when did you launch your book I had the book uh launch party scheduled for the weekend that they shut down yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> and it was fine and really truly the book wasn't so much um about getting it out there it was actually really healing the shame for me Mm. being ashamed of what I went through and healing more fear. So that was huge growth right there. Um, And the book is just what it is. It's that wild and weird. And people are going to go like, Oh my, you know, cause I didn't, it's raw. (laughs) It's raw. And what's the name Um, of the book again? Light bound Um, healers journey through trauma, CPTSD and anxiety. Nice. And um, Ash Marshall Odell, Marshall Odell is the name that you have it published under, correct? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. So speaking of your beautiful writing, <laughs> I want you to read something, if that's okay, because you're a teacher. You're probably way better at reading out loud than I am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, um, I would love if you were to share with us that little um piece it's just a piece it's just a part of a blog post is that correct it is um so I also found my voice this last year I've been working through a lot of things and so I just sort of had this huge thing where I was writing all this poetry and um doing lots of painting and stuff and so I intuitive art and writings because that's truly it's on my website if anyone's interested but um when you find that self-expression it's really really freeing and it feels good to let that out Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to let you let it out. Okay, then. <laughs> by slow degrees, healing came. It sealed and healed gaping wounds left by tragedy. The parts of myself that fled, leaving behind holes that I instinctively surrounded with a carapace of titanium and steel so that never again would I feel the shock of such horrific pain and betrayal. The part of my soul, soul that held purity, trust, Innocence and wonder flew free and hid itself away. Over time, parts of me locked up more and more as betrayals and hurts continued on in an unceasing litany. The carapace—wow, excuse me—the carapace became thicker and thicker, and what was left inside was self-disgust and revulsion, fear and rage, resentment and shame, and hate and grief. A slow descent, descent began, an internal debate: to be or not to be. That was the question. The greatest courage was to allow a tiny opening and to offer that oh-so-fragile trust in other human beings, to allow them to see all of me, beauty, pain, and ugliness, and let them hold me through what felt like endless grief as I undertook the long journey of recovery of my whole self. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. 
Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think I think I'm done for the day. <laughs> In a good way. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Um, before we say goodbye, is there any anything else that you would like to share quickly with people listening? Just be willing. Be compassionate with yourself, truly. Because um, compassion is where you are accepting yourself exactly as you are and still being willing to recognize and uh, move forward with your own healing and uh, be open. Nice. Because beautiful things come in. Yes. Beautiful things can happen. They come in, they can happen. They can transform you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for reading that. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. If you have your own inspiring story that you would like to share, please go to my Instagram account at the Dragonfly Mama. Send me a direct message and we will set it up to chat. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and we'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Take care.